Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Rob Rossi's in with me today on the show until 7 o'clock. The duration. Whole damn thing. And that station across the street's there in the pirate game right now. So we're the hockey talk you have to go to. And don't listen to Matt. He's got nothing going on today. I think it's fair to say, though, when you have me on, we can go head-to-head with Matt in the hockey talk. Well, even without you on, I'll go head-to-head. And we got a great signal, too, no, so it helps. Nobody will know what you're saying. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> That's an issue. That's a problem, they'll say, Rossi. Jeez, you're crushing my dreams here. We're going to do that. Every time Rossi comes on the show, if you want to call in at 412-922-2874, we can have him crush your dreams. I will answer. I got a dream for you, Rob. I don't care. So uh, you may know out there that I'm a pretty big pirate fan. I'm a pretty big believer in the old buckos. When Uh, we gave you the wedgie, your thong was pirates. They're going to go on to win like 95 games this year. And you well, can't crush my dreams, young so. squire. They have yet to legalize the marijuana plant for recreational use, but I applaud you for sneaking it into the studio. However, I must tell you, I see in your future, aside from sexless nights, many, many days in June and July when an overtaxed bullpen breaks your heart and sends you to the land of Cinemax late at night. Not the good type of Cinemax with a modern HD, but the old 90 Cinemax, standard definition. Big hair. Bushes. In a lot of places, I was going to say, my son. And I will say this to you. Your pirates are destined to not only break your heart, but leave you sterile in the process. Amen. Amen. Uh, follow-up question. Was that a ghost breaking my dreams? or something? No more questions! It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the 5-Minute Major with Adam Crowley. If the Flyers are going to hang in this series, it's going to have to be 2012-like, I think, Rob. The Flyers had 15 even strength goals, and that'd be great. But they had 12 power play goals. 12 in six games. What do you see the Flyers' power play doing against the Penguins this year? Well, the problem with the Flyers' power play for the Penguins is the Penguins' penalty kill is rubbish. So I think the Penguins are going to struggle with that power play for this reason. Claude Giroux is a master at the directional passing, especially cross ice. If he can get those Penguins defenseman moving i don't think from a mobility standpoint this penguins power this penguins penalty kill excuse me they're very good at pressuring you i think they will return to that in the postseason but if you can hem them in and get them moving laterally look any power place is going to be able to make those penguins look poorer but this power play because of jeru's passing it's very suspect of that backdoor play, and I, I think the Penguins are going to have a hard time defending against that in the crease, especially with Nolan in there. When Sidney Crosby and the Penguins weren't at their best on the power play, Rob, 
for the last couple of years, they have struggles at times, and prior to Phil Kessel coming aboard, they really have struggles. I always wanted to show Crosby tape of Claude Giroux. Yeah, it's tough, though. I think Crosby's power play struggles, if you could call them that, always come down to the fact that he's not a stationary player. To be a great power play quarterback, you have to be comfortable stationary with the puck. You see these Penguins, when they struggle, it's because they get too stationary. Think of it this way. Ben Roethlisberger, early in his career, you wanted to keep him in the pocket. When you got him out of the pocket, he was less effective. Now, that's not the case now. But Sidney remains a player who wants to get you moving, wants to get you using your body weight to his advantage. He likes to draw an opposing player into him so he can use that leverage advantage to create his own space, right? So where you really want Sidney is in those net areas behind the net along the boards. If you see a lot of Crosby, and this is what teams will do, they'll try to force the power play to work through Crosby, which then sort of gets everybody else standing still. I think for the Penguins to have success on the power play here, you know, beyond the obvious thing, zone entries, get that puck to Malkin quickly. Have Evgeny Malkin put that puck on net as much as he can. These Flyers goaltenders are not very good, and their defensemen are not great at tracking loose pucks. So if Malkin can just put that puck on net, you're going to see a lot of opportunities for rebounds. Not necessarily rebound goals, but rebounds that Crosby can get quickly, move it back out to create a better scoring chance. They're just terrible on the penalty kill. Terrible. Yeah, the numbers bear that out. Obviously, you broke they're it down a, a little bit there. They're not a great hockey team. They no, they're achieve, average. They're, no, look, and I don't mean that as an insult. All the credit to their coaching staff, to their great players, but the Penguins can win this series without their great players taking it over. The Flyers cannot. No, they need their Flyers. Right. They need the Giroux and the Couturiers to play out of their mind. Uh, they need Konechny guys like that to step up, too. They just don't have the depth, I don't think. The defense scores, though. They've got 50 goals from the defense, but 30 of those coming from the top defense pair. And they're going to be on the ice a lot. They're going to be on the ice too much. Right. And here's what I think the Penguins need to do to attack the defense core for Philadelphia. They only have one right-handed defenseman. Dump the puck in on the opposite side. Make them pull the ball the ball. They can pull the puck off yeah, the so boards. Yes, if the Penguins could get the Flyers to play with a ball in this They're going to have a good chance. It would, be, it would be a very good series for the Penguins. It's kind of like no, no, Adam Bad. Connor Sherry always looks like he's playing he, with a, a Super key, Bowl a out key there. The key to this series is going to be... We'll make the, but the point I was going to say, we'll get to it, is make the Flyers defense court, dump it into that right corner, make them play it on the backhand, bring the right. ferocious forecheck you've got, force them into turnovers, game over. But who does that for the Penguins? Which line? Who on their roster is that type of player to consistently do that? Okay, so that's fair, but I think that Mike Sullivan does a really good job of game planning for a opponent. Well, he's going to, but the difference between these Penguins and the ones in previous years is they had almost one guy on every line that could do that the last few years. They do not this year. Well, you've got Brian Rust on the top line. And I was counting him. Yeah, you got. I'm counting. I'm, now, I mean, I'm, work, I'm working it out of my head. That's not really Hornquist's game. His his role of creating space and being physical is more around the net. No, Haglin's the puck retriever on that line. Yeah, so like they used to have Chris Kunitz's. That Matt Cullen would do that. They don't have those guys this year. Third line didn't have one player like yeah, that throughout the lineup. So uh, that's why I'm fascinated by this Crosby matchup because logic says you would want to get Couturier out against Malkin's line because the matchup stylistically that 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 could be something where I don't know if the Flyers can win it, but they could play it to a draw, right? But with Giroux now on Couturier's line, I don't know who they put out there against Malkin. And 
I feel like this is either going to be Evgeny Malkin taking advantage of whichever grouping the pay, the Flyers put out there, whichever line grouping, because I'm guessing the Flyers are going to try to get their top defensive pairing out against Malkin and the Couturier-Giroux line out against Crosby. And I'll just say this. If they get Couturier and Giroux out against Crosby, they have no chance to win this series unless Crosby gets injured because he will eat them alive. They will be worn out by the end of the third game. I think that's the case too, Rob. And what can happen, I think, is what happened two years ago against Washington. Now, even if Crosby's not pouring in the points against those guys and they're having to defend consistently, the Penguins are going to eat him up everywhere else. And that's why he's still the best player in hockey. And with all due respect to Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid has to be scoring to really have a chance to impact a game. Sidney Crosby's gotten to the point now where the closest thing we can say is it's a LeBron James situation where he can dominate a game without being the focal point of the offense. And his ability to just grind you into submission is something that I still think that's the one element. We don't know how the whole NHL can handle that yet in a seven-game series. At the end of the day, the Penguins have Crosby and Malkin, and it's not just that they have the two best centermen in this postseason. They have a centerman that you have to play honest as the number one scoring option, but also he can be used as a decoy. So it's almost like, oh, we have to try to prevent him from scoring at will, and he's going to go out there and make us chase him around the ice. What do we do then with Evgeny Malkin? And if Phil Kessel's not on Malkin's line, it's even more of a problem. They don't have any answers. They just don't. That's why the power play has to be the way that right. they win this game. And the pardon me, the series, they need to pour them in on the power play. And really, they have to win that by a decided margin anyhow, because the Penguins are going to get theirs. And you would think, unless I, it's a very tight series, where that's where I think the Penguins could be frustrated in this series, not by the Flyers, but Adam, if the series is called in a way where the Penguins just don't feel like they're getting the opportunities on the power play. Well, isn't that interesting? Because Philadelphia's game plan in 2012 was to get the Penguins off their game. Now they aren't built that way, and they really shouldn't do that because then the Penguins will be going on the power play. Uh, But maybe that is the best-case scenario for Philadelphia is that they call a tight series... It's and then they take in it. Then Philadelphia takes advantage of the few power plays that they get. It's hard to envision a way the Flyers win this series unless the Penguins have some sort of combination of going completely cold. And also, look, I think this is a fair thing to wonder. We don't know. Everybody's writing these glowing things about Matt Murray, and I think Matt Murray's a fantastic goaltender. But the results this year don't back up that sentiment, and. Just because he's done it in the past, and I will say this, if Matt Murray gets injured, all bets are off. Because the Flyers' goaltending might not be great, but if it's Casey DeSmith or Tristan Jerry, I'd give the Flyers the edge. Let's talk about that when we come back. That is, I think, the biggest X factor in this series. I think power play is huge, penalty kills huge, but Matt Murray, if he does not play closer to the Matt Murray we've seen the last two summers. He's not a facsimile of that guy. It could be trouble no matter who they play. We'll talk about that next. Do you have faith in Matt Murray? 412-922-2874. Do you want your hopes and dreams crushed by Rob Rossi? The number's the same. It is Rob Rossi and Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Be a part.
part of the 10th anniversary of the Dick Sporting Goods Pittsburgh Marathon by volunteering race weekend. Every volunteer gets a free t-shirt, invite to the post-event appreciation party, which includes a free pirate ticket and more thanks to partners UPMC Health Plan, Bayer, and Eaton Corporation. Sign up today at thepittsburghmarathon.com. Rob, I think my wife wants to leave me. I know. How do you know? I know all. Frightening. I don't even think she knows yet. She's away. Zach tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. It's just me or does Rob Rossi's dream killer voice sound like the creepy butler from Scary Movie 2? I think that's just what Rossi sounds like all the time. Do you know how to use the microphone, Rossi? I was trying to find my creepy caretaker voice. It's not like I'm Harry Carey impersonating and screwing up character. Jim wanted me to ask on Twitter, Hey, ask Rossi if he still has the rain poncho I sent him back in his trip days. He wore a Patriots rain jacket when the Steelers played the Pats. He didn't have one at the time, so I sent him a plain one so he wouldn't need one next time. I gave that to your mother. Top nine here at Wrigley. 8-5 bucko lead over your beloved cubbies. Personally, I think we're getting hosed out there today. I haven't seen an up job like this in all my years broadcasting. Bottom nine coming up. Felipe Rivera will be on to close it for the Bucks. What? Well, apparently his name is now Felipe Vasquez. This guy changes his name more than Erwin Fletcher, I'll tell you, Adam. Hopefully the Buckos blow it, as I know they will, at the bottom of this ninth inning. Back to you. That is weird to me. The name change? Did you look into that at all, Rossi? Uh, I think if I was going to change my name, I'd go with, what is the uh, what is the thing? It's the name of your pet and your street that you grew up on? Yes. Yeah, that's so your stripper I, name. I would be Buster Harrisburg. Oh, Buster is a tremendous porn name. That's hot, Rob. Why, you know it is, Adam. Buster? I barely know her. Mine would have been Baxter Marlin. What's weird to me, though, about the Vasquez thing is that he's naming... I think I gave you a Vasquez earlier in the cheese segment. Harry Vasquez? Yes. He's changing his last name to his sister's last name, who he lives with, who's now become his agent. Uh, Do you watch Ray Donovan? No. Okay. Why would I watch television when I have the life that I live? That's a good point by you. It's a quality program, and there's a boxer in it who winds up <clears throat> with his sister. I'm not saying that's what's going on here, because that would probably get me in a lot of trouble. I'm just saying I think there's something weird going on with Rivero Vasquez and his Somebody told me once Vasquez. that if you're lucky enough to have 15 male friends, there's a chance if they all have sisters, one of them has done something inappropriate with their sister. I know for a fact that my friend... Had some relations with my sister. With your sister? With your sister, not his own oh, sister, cool. though. 
Oh, wait a second. Yes, that's what I was saying. So I just divulged information that yes. I need not divulge. Nope. This Didn't is, need to share that. This is why I am the greatest interviewer known to man. I just got you to say something you never intended to share. So what you were saying, to move swiftly past what I said, is that if you have 15 male friends, one of them has had some ancestral relations with their well, own sister? true, but I was totally making that up to try okay, to draw something out of you. This is such a West Virginia guy conversation that you two are having right now. The hell out of here, Tom. Unbelievable. It's been 407 days since Pitt basketball in a conference game. Got that one in the back pocket. 412-922-2874 is the number I throw out whenever I need a flawless transition. Matt Murray had a 937 save percentage in the playoffs last year, a 924 save percentage his first season, and then a 928 save percentage overall. This year, Murray's got a 907 save percentage and a 2.92 goals against average I'm one of the people giving the benefit of the doubt to Matt Murray. I think that he's going to play better. Do I have anything backing that? No. I just believe in the guy. I think some players have that gene. I think he does. I think he's proved it in the playoffs these last couple of years. Hell, the Penguins weren't playing well in the Stanley Cup final last year. He has back-to-back shutouts. I think he's going to play better than the 907 save percentage. How much better, though? I'm not sure, but I think he'll play better than he did this re- regular season. Well, he better. Or they're that said, he's never played behind a team as defensively derelict as this team is. Um, this is a bad team away from the puck. This is not a deep team on defense. This is a team that doesn't have the 2016 version of Chris Letang. So I think it's entirely possible Matt Murray will raise his game and it won't be reflected much in his statistics. Here's what he cannot do. He cannot give up the bad goal. They are not good enough this year to overcome the bad goal. Well, you know what stinks is that that's kind of his thing. And and that and that sounds a little harsh given the guys won a couple of Stanley Cups. I don't think he's ever been... I don't think he's ever not given up bad goals in playoff series. I think most goaltenders do allow that to happen. What his calling card has been, I think, has been his ability to stand on his head whenever they most absolutely need him to. He gave up some bad goals in that San Jose series. Uh, He gave up. He's given up some bad goals in his playoff. I think to play goaltender in Pittsburgh with this group, whether you're Matt Murray, Marc-Andre Fleury, whomever, requires a lot of selflessness because you are going to be put in a position where you are made to either look spectacular or foolish. This, again, is the poorest defensive team the Penguins have had. I know the advanced metrics crowd will tell you they're not as bad as their goals against suggest, so they're defensively not playing as bad as their poor goals against. But I would argue that the goals against is a direct result because they're giving up so many chances. Well, so let me ask you this, Rob. You, you say they're bad away from the puck, and I'll agree with that, because they are bad away from the puck. How much of that, though, is effort? Because, that's the problem. I don't think it is effort. See, I'll disagree there That's fine. On one, on one level. I don't think that you're going to see the forwards... All right, pardon me. I think you're going to see the forwards be better defensively. What I still don't think you're going to see is defenseman pinching at the right time and forwards getting back on time. Things like that. The attention to detail things, I think, are the bigger issue maybe than the effort problem. I don't disagree, but what I also see on this Penguin team is 
they have these situations, you'll see it against teams like Jersey, you might see it against a team like the Flyers, where they're in close proximity to somebody with the puck, or somebody with them, when they have the puck, is in close proximity to them. Before, they used to be able to get close that gap or back that person off. They can't do that as much anymore. They don't have as many players capable of those short space wins. And it really shows when a team gets its transition game going. It really shows when the Penguins enter the zone. One thing I think is going to be fascinating to watch, and by fascinating I mean it'll be fascinating to look back at this for hockey geeks. During the game, this won't be interesting to watch. How long are their shifts? I don't think this is a team that has the luxury of keeping guys out for long stretches. They have to really be efficient with the amount of time they're on the ice because they have to keep these legs as fresh as possible. I saw a team this year that didn't lack effort. I saw a team that lacked the ability to bring it as they have in the past because they've just played so much hockey. And before everybody in this town that knows so much about hockey starts telling me, well, they can't be tired because they've only played 10 more games than everybody else over the year. Shut up. They've played 10 extra Stanley Cup playoff games compared to everybody else the last two years. And you know what that's like? That's like playing 40 extra regular season games. These are not apples and apples comparisons. Playing in a Stanley Cup playoff game is the equivalent of four regular season games. And Crosby and Malkin and Latang specifically have played almost... Each of them, two full extra seasons of Stanley Cup playoff games. At some point, the attrition wears on you. If it doesn't wear on you as a veteran, it wears on you like Jake Gensel, who's never really had to do this back-to-back years. Or a guy like Brian Rust and Connor, whatever his last name is said as now, who will have to do this three years in a row. This is a lot to do. There's a reason teams don't go three in a row. And a lot of it is you do not physically have the ability to do things as well as you did the previous two years on a consistent basis. And in a short series, there is not the time to recover from one bad game. Do you think that the Penguins have been able to compartmentalize? Do you think that they've ratcheted up their game as the season's moved on? Because they played a hell of a lot better from January on than they did at the beginning portion of the season. Now, they have petered out a little bit, so I'm wondering if, in your mind, what that means to you. Well, here's what concerns me about their best stretch of hockey. If Getty Malkin was averaging two points a game, Sidney Crosby and Phil Kessel reach averaging over 1.5. If they can do that in the playoffs, I think they're going to win every series. That's very hard to do in the playoffs. I think that the hope, one of the reasons that they brought in a guy like Derek Broussard is because he's such a good playoff performer. And he Now, he played a lot of hockey last year, too. He did. Uh, and... Different groin injury is not something to trifle with. Um, that's going to affect a lot of what he does. And here's the scary part if you're a Penguin fan. That thing can be aggravated very quickly. And in Philadelphia, you're going to be going to an arena where they're still playing basketball. So that ice isn't going to be great. I think they did the right thing by keeping them out for as oh, long as yeah, they did. I, I mean, I if mean, I were them, no I wouldn't address anybody them. Friday night. I'll agree with that, too. Yeah. I think the biggest mistake of Mike Sullivan's career as a as the head coach of the Penguins thus far is when he played Matt Murray 
in the game prior to the first play, uh, the first game against the Rangers two years ago, and he got concussed against Philadelphia. I hated that move because I thought if he goes down, you're gonna play Jeff Zakoff and you're gonna be effed. And Zakoff played well. I think it's going away from the lighter suits. I think he carries hmm. the lighter suits really well. The darker suits make his gray hair look a little too. Uh, elderly. I don't think people have realized this because they probably don't think about these things. He's aged so much these two years. So much. If you had to cut Phil Kessel's hair, you would too. He cuts Phil's hair? No. I I may be breaking out a different Game 1 jacket for the series. I've always broken out the ice cream jacket for Game 1. I'm thinking of going. With, I'm thinking of going with something a little different, Adam. I might uh, might go with a little bit of a maddening uh, look. As a guy who likes the Penguins and wants to see them do well, and as superstitious as all get out, you're wearing that damn jacket again. The ice cream jacket. I had a jacket that I wore for the final three games of the 2009 final because Hal Gill threatened me. I had worn the same yellow jacket. It was like a yellow stripe, mustard stripe jacket for uh, over my shirts that year in games two and four by accident. Or excuse me, three and four by accident. I just forgot that I wore the jacket in game four that I wore in game three. And I didn't wear it in game five. And Hal Gill told me, you are showing up to game six in that jacket because as far as I can tell, we haven't lost. And he goes, so I wore it because like Hal Gill's a monstrous man. And I'm like, dude, I can't wear this thing again. Like it reeks. I smell. And he's like, you will wear that to game seven or I will end you. And I'm like, you'll end me? He goes, end. And he goes, nobody will miss you. And I said, that's true. So I wore the damn jacket again. And it was so sweaty and filled by uh, penguins who were like splashing stuff everywhere that it's it was never able to be cleaned sufficiently. If you had to handicap Matt Murray's chances of performing well in this series. I think it all depends on my jacket. <sighs> you better wear the damn ice cream jacket then. Matt Murray will not be the reason the penguins win or lose this series. The issue is going to be when they play good teams. Maybe. I have a lot more confidence in Matt Murray than I do other players on this team. Go on. Well, um, what Chris Letang are we going to see? I think we need to see a Chris Letang who ups his game. I wonder if he can get there this year. I wonder if he needed to play a year of hockey and get that under him again. Uh, I have grave concerns about their bottom two lines. Uh, Phil Kessel does not worry me, but I could see a situation as this postseason goes where the Penguins decide we have to put Kessel back with Malkin and make them a much easier team to defend against. You didn't like what you saw with Broussard at the end? I don't know what to expect from Derek. He's had so little time to get used to this system. I think he was figuring it out when he got back, I do, but he's dealing with a groin injury, and those are tough, man. I mean, like... That doesn't strike me as something that's going to get healthy until next season now because you're going into the playoffs. Um, it's not that I doubt Derek Brassard as a hockey player as, or as a valuable hockey player. I just This is a tough spot for him to be in. What, what do you get out of Jake Gensel? I mean, he's been better of late, but they needed, what, 16 goals from him last year. Uh, is somebody going to figure out how to play with Sidney Crosby again if Jake Gensel doesn't? Um, I don't, I'm not worried about Matt Murray. I, I am worried about their penalty kill. I don't see where their penalty kill gets dramatically better. 
I'm worried about their depth on the bottom lines. I'll be honest, too. We don't know how big a factor the inexperience on the coaching staff is going to come in. I mean, Sergey Gonchar, I'm closer with him than anybody I've ever covered, but he's never been this coach in a postseason. This is a good point. Neither has Mark Recchi. This Mike Sullivan had a veteran staff of assistants last year that guys like Recchi and Gonch could really bolster by adding. You've removed Rick Tockett. You know, you've you've lost that sort of comfort zone. And a lot of these decisions are tactical. But then you got to quickly implement these tactical decisions that are made. And how does that happen? I, you know, do I think it's going to decide the series? No. But, you know, now we're talking about a goalie that might not be what he was, a top defenseman that might not be what he was, a depth situation that wasn't what it was, and now a coaching situation. Okay. Well, now we've got four things we're talking about. So it might not be cyanide, but it's kind of rat poisony and that it's going to slowly eat at your guts. I've been saying this over the last couple of days. Rob, that's disgusting. I mean, jeez. You are just, you're a morbid human being. You know that? There's a cloud over your head always. That's because I've, have you noticed I turned off all the lights? You walked in here, you turn off the lights, you bring down whatever you call that over there, the curtain. It's like we got Tim Benz in the studio. Those are blinds, Adam. Ah, whatever. I don't see blinds. I don't know what that means. Why did we bring Katie in if she's not going to talk? She'll talk! She hasn't talked yet. She's meager, like a mouse, a living mouse that didn't eat any cyanide. Oh, you give the mice poison. You give humans cyanide. I'm going to have to teach you about Russian poisoning methods. When we come back, there's something that I've been talking about over the last couple of days. We'll sneak in a smoky report with Katie as well. We can look at the Penguins' flaws, and they do have a lot of flaws, and they have potential flaws, and they need players to step up who might not have been playing great all season long. But you look at some of these other teams in the East, and they're good teams, don't get me wrong, but some of these other teams, the teams that you're most afraid of, have some flaws too. We'll talk about that when we come back, and yes, we'll hear from the meager mouse, Katie. It's the Crowley Show. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone. Adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups all hang out in the same place, right? Actually wrong. They're all right here listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMFM working for you. <laughs> it's Kenny. Oh, is that all you could do for the That's mouse? All That's all you Mickey got. Mouse. Limited fake Mickey Mouse. That's all I had too. You're both the worst. You suck. <laughs> Meager Mouse Katie. Okay. okay. Brayton tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, your mouse impression sounds like Mr. Bill. Just awful! You don't know how to use the uh, microphone! He's supposed to turn it on! Harry Carey! No, you there. gotta turn it on! Why? You asked me to come in here and do a lot of work. Man. I do! Oh, it has not been a good show for me, honestly. Rossi's carried the whole thing. That's why you're shutting the mic off so I don't make you look worse. Oh, dude, I don't care. They're paying me either way. Yeah, it's tough to make you look bad, too. Whoa. I just gave you a that's compliment. A, that's a mean thing to say, I Rob. I said it's tough to make you look bad. That's a pretty good Mr. Bill. 
That one was the the one. It's the same, Mr. Bill. I'm consistent. I consistently bring the same Mr. Bill every time people say to bring Mr. Bill. How do you eat your steak? Oh God, here we go. Rare, rare. There's only like there's only one wrong answer for this though. Only one wrong answer? Well, there's a couple wrong answers. No, anybody that answers well done needs to be terminated. Medium well is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Medium well is the worst. The hell's that even mean? There's not too much. There's not too much pink. I don't know how to say that without that being weird. And I don't. Now I'm uncomfortable. Just a little pink. It's just wrong. That's your opinion. No, it's a fact. It's not. I also. It's Don't not well known anymore, opinion, but Rob. my opinions have been fact for like 10 years now. Can you point out, and can, Tom, can we get a transcript and we can point out where I asked for Rob's opinion? Thank you. Whoa. I can't find it anyway. You know, <laughs> I, was, I don't see it in my notes over here. I was going to invite Katie to be part of our new morning show, but now no. Katie's just, she's perturbed that that question got brought up. No, I don't know why. We're just talking wrong. about steak. I know. Oh, you brought what? it up so you could call me out. That's why you brought it up. Oh, he just shames women every time he comes here on the radio program. Just crushing women left and right. going to get you fired, Rob. You don't pay me. Oh. Well, in that case, we'll keep you around. Sorry, Katie. That sucks for you, but you'll be okay. Do you use steak sauce on your steak? A1. Okay. See, that's that's an acceptable answer. (sighs) You know what you won't need if you start eating your steak correctly? Anything on your steak. Best steak you ever had. Tom, go. Uh, what's the place called down on uh, North Shore next to Fancy Park? The Pittsburgh Hyde Park. State, Hyde Park. Best place. That's where I went for my bachelor party. They na- got a steak named after Mike Tomlin down there. They got it named after the old ball coach. Is that the blackened steak? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, bro, man. Your, your no. Uh, best steak I ever had is the one I make with a glass of scotch that I eat by myself in a dark room. Katie, please lighten it up. Ruth's Chris. <laughs> Those plates be sizzling. Yeah. That's where I went after I got engaged. I've been to your places. My place, Gibson's in Chicago, one of the best steakhouses in the country. I know, I'm being, I'm being that guy. That's what Madden's favorite restaurant. It is unbelievable. What's Rob. the most you've ever been when you've been involved in a meal that somebody spent on it? Somebody paid for it? Yeah. Well, my parents bought me the one in Chicago, so that was pretty, pretty pricey. It was probably 250 bucks. We also got the lobster mac and cheese. And now we're all broke. The thing about the steak at Gibson's in Chicago, though, is that if you got the medium rare or the rare, the way I like it, where it's friggin' red and bloody and pink and disgusting inside, it was crispy and delightful on the outside. That's good. I'm a big fan of the blue cheese crumbles on top, too. I had one in Vegas once that was outstanding, but it was like 32 ounces. It was probably like twelve bucks too, right? Nine ninety nine. No, it was expensive. Yeah, I expensed it though. Hockey awards? I think so. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't remember eating it. I was really drunk. But he's bound to die, loaded up and trucking.
Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker, breaker, one nine. We got an alligator that put the chicken coop off I-79, so all you rigs keep them eyes wide. Her reverend neckers and wall-to-wall bears taking pictures, so slow your ride and let it glide or Yogi's going to bite your hide. It's the Smokey Report. If you see a pit, Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air, give us a holler and we'll get you home without the extra freight. 412-922-2874. And remember, always keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. Over and out. Oh, she nailed it. She nailed it. We don't miss you at all, Brian. That is hard. Let me read one. Let me read it again. I want to read it. I want to see if I can do it. I don't even know if I can do it. So we'll explain this to Rob. We'll also reset it for the audience. If you see a cop somewhere. We're going to start thinking about the audience now. (laughs) Tweet me where the cop is. Call it in off the air. And then we'll dress it all up like that. You ready to do yours? There's some yeah. tongue twisters in there. Brace that was yourself. impressive, I, I will say. I'm going to blow this, aren't I? All right. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker Breaker 1-9, we got an alligator that flew the chicken coop off I-79. So all you rigs, keep them eyes wide for rubberneckers and wall-to-wall bear taking pictures. So slow your ride and let your glove... Oh, no. It's tough. Katie won this round. I won yesterday. One and one. The series going back to Philadelphia. It's a premonition there. Starting to see why you had such a meteoric rise. Well, here's the thing, Rossi. The ratings are 700% up. Just throwing straight fire out there. It's very helpful when you're not worried about having friends. Katie's probably used to this. Who are your friends, Rossi? Nobody knows. <laughs> family? You got family? Who is your best friend in the media, do you think? Friend is such a strong word. Oh, yeah? I haven't had many people that I've offered to go drinking with and watch a game that have denied me as much as you. Like, I got a wife at home. Uh, best friend in the media. That's a good question. Got a dog. A uh, couple of cats. I'm fairly certain that when Madden dies, I'm going to be carrying part of his casket. So, I mean, we're friends. Jesus. No, he and I haven't gotten along that often. How'd your Easter go? Very good. I didn't get as much chocolate as I was hoping. Hmm. But I have a nephew now. He gets the bulk of the chocolate. Ha! Family! I do have a nephew, yes. I just don't like to talk about my family. Some things should remain private. Oh. Boundaries also, they're not Adam. that interesting. The Penguins are flawed. They are. Much like your family. Washington's flawed, too, though. So is Columbus. They're all flawed. It's a salary cap league. Nashville's not all that flawed. Nashville's very good. Nashville should be the betting favorite. I agree. Winnipeg's really good. I don't see where the holes are in Nashville, though. They've got a great defense uh, core. If they play Pittsburgh, the hole will be the five hole that is Pekka Rene in Pittsburgh. The, leak of Pekka, the leaky yeah. Pekka? I do not believe he can win a game in this city. It's an ordinance? I don't know. He's just... he's. Um, you know our friend Travis? No. You don't know Travis? I know Travis. I wouldn't call him my friend. Oh. Is he, he your friend? so highly of you. He's a, he's a cute little tyke. He had a birthday the other day. But oh, jeez. Pekka Rene in Pittsburgh is sort of like Travis dating. It just doesn't work. Hmm. 
Pekka doesn't work? Is that the problem? Probably. I think that it's easy to zoom in on what the Penguins do wrong and say their defense core is not all that deep and you're concerned about the bottom six and this, that, the other. But I've got questions with Boston and their youth, uh, as does Bruce Cassidy. Uh, Tampa played terrible hockey down the stretch. Uh, Washington hasn't gotten out of the second round since 1990, freaking eight. I just think that I'm not going to write the Penguins off. I don't think it would be wise to write them off, but... You set the over-under at two playoff wins the other well, day. Well, what was my caveat? Unless they play Philadelphia. Oh, did you make a caveat? I did make a Pull caveat. Pull the tape, Tom! He doesn't have it now. I was going to say, he's also yeah. going to make you look foolish. Rossi looked over there like, does he have this, really? He's got tape right now? Um... I don't know what he does. Like he's been pretty much watching the pirate game all day. Like what? Yeah, I haven't paid attention to. He doesn't turn on my mic. That is your job. Can I crush one of his dreams again? Yeah, Tom, you got a dream for us, buddy? Uh, no, I'm a pretty dreamless guy. That's true. I got one. Oh, jeez. That I can improve fast enough that when you are carrying Mark's casket down the steps out of the church, that they will be putting me in his radio chair. And I will be anointed as the king of Pittsburgh Sports Talk Radio. Well, young Adamisa, I have to tell you this. Uh, it is looking bad for you. First of all, Mark will live a longer time than your radio career will span. <laughs> Secondly, by then, you will probably be so blind that you will not be able to talk into the microphone without chipping your tooth. and Sounding like the West Virginia hick that you already are. Damn. Also, I think we both know that the magnificent Katie will probably take over because by then Pittsburgh will not be as sexist and will have a female sports star talking on the airwaves, especially if nobody can listen to the channel to begin with. It might take longer than that for, for that to happen. The sexism? Yeah. True. What about Stacey Kaufman? She won that contest. Well, Adam, I... I contest is such a tough thing, you know. I I just doesn't it make you sad? Sports Radio 937 Our top story, the Pittsburgh Pirates are gonna win everything, and Pitt is the greatest program ever. This update brought to you by Bowser. That's the power of Bowser! is the number to call. You can tweet us on our fan text line, although we never get to it. Today's topic, if you go to the Pirates game, are you going to hell? Give me a ring. We'll go to Paul in Blonox first here on the show. Hey, Mosey, I'll tell you there, I'm not going to put another penny in that nutting's pocket. That guy, he's dead to me, Mosey. Thanks for the call, Paul. We'll go to Jimmy now in Uniontown. Hey, Mosey, uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, for me, it's all about going down PNC and creating memories with the kids. That's what it's all about. That's what my dad did to me, and uh, I'm going to continue to do that. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Great point there. Coming up next, we've got 20 minutes of commercials. We'll hear from Jim Rome, and then 20 more minutes of commercials. It's 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. 